All right. Pay attention. A lot of stuff out there, a lot of stuff going on. And we get to, we're the privileged ones to get to step into, as it were, the maelstrom of, of what's going on in society and in history. And to, what we get to do as watchmen is declare order and peace where there seems to be chaos and purposelessness. That's part of our job. And so a gathering like this in the presence of the Lord is very often a real-time Holy Spirit briefing. And we're getting, we're getting downloads on what, what is, what is, uh, what is on God's heart in the moment. And it enables us to walk in those ways and to cooperate with God. And it remains for me just to, to talk about blessing. Because I actually did think I was going to talk about blessing this morning. And it seems to me now that as we, we're coming, you know, 20 to the hour, I'll, I'll just share a few thoughts regarding blessing and the fact that God blesses us and we in turn are empowered to be a blessing. That's what he says to, to, uh, it's his instruction to Israel. I blessed you that you may be a blessing. There is a, there is a kingdom economy that, um, is, is found in the issue of blessing. And and I, I purposefully wanted to share a few thoughts on blessing this morning because it seems as we look around us, there's so very little blessing going on. There's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of polarization. There's a lot of, uh, you know, circling the wagons and backing into corners and defending positions. There's very little blessing. And to a large degree, even the body of Christ seems to have lost the understanding of the power of blessing. We've somehow reduced the idea of blessing to wishful thinking or nice thoughts, you know, uh, wrapped up in Christianese. But in fact, there's power in the idea of blessing. Let me just ask you a question really quick. Um, in your mind, does repentance or blessing come first? It's rhetorical. You don't need to answer. <laughs> because I have, I, have a, I have a thought where I might want to go with that. Very often, the religious spirit will tell us, well, you got to beat your chest and repent first. Now, we've understood what repentance is and the joy of repentance and the gift that repentance is on a daily basis for a life lived before God. It is such a grace that God has given us, and so we thank God for repentance. But if you want, in, in a way, my question is the chicken and the egg kind of thing. But what I'm trying to drive at here is our a religious spirit says, well, repentance comes before blessing can follow. If we repent, then God will bless. And that's that's the order that humanity kind of pounds into our spirits, and that's the religious spirit idea. But in fact, it's the other way around, because it is God's blessing that empowers us to repent. Everything is from him, through him, and to him. And until God uh, it releases himself upon fallen humanity, we wouldn't even have the idea that we needed to repent. So blessing comes first. It is first and last. It's the first thing Jesus did when he, when he, when he came to the earth. He blessed in, in, in what we call the Beatitudes, in both, in both Matthew and Luke's accounts, Jesus begins his ministry by laying a foundation of blessing. Yeah? And he, and, he, and he says, blessed are those who mourn, who are meek, who forgive, who are hungry for him alone, who are peacemakers, who endure uh, for righteousness' sake. Those are, those are, he says, you are blessed, happy, the word in Hebrew, happy or blessed are we. 
Yeah. Then he goes on in that same passage that we call the Sermon on the Mount to say, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Now, to the people he was speaking, I, I guarantee you, they were not yet the light of the world, nor were they the salt of the earth. But Jesus blessed them with a reality, blessed them with something to call them up to a reality. So blessed, there's power in that blessing, because the very ones that Jesus spoke to became salt and light. Yeah? And so, too, we are becoming salt and light under the, under the power of Jesus' voice. He has blessed his bride. He's blessed those in relationship with us, with him. He began his ministry with blessing. He ends with, with a blessing. And you, you know at the end, I think it's, what, Luke 24, about the end where Jesus says, um, he, he lift up his hands as he was ascending into heaven, and he blessed them. And I'm wondering what the blessing might have been if it wasn't perhaps even the ironic blessing from number 6, which we recite so often in our gatherings. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And that God's command in number 6, following the recitation of that blessing uh, by Aaron, is you shall invoke my name upon the people and they'll be blessed. In other words, when God blesses his people, or when he instructs us to bless others in his name, we are invoking, we're placing the name of the Lord on an individual. And that is, it's more than tokenism. When you place God's name, what does God's name represent? Or should I say, what do God's names represent? Wrapped up in his ineffable um, personal name, or all the titles that Scripture gives us of God, what do God's names speak of? His character, who he is. And so when you place God's name upon an individual, you're not just simply, you know, you know, uh, participating in some sort of religious activity where they get a name badge. You're placing his character, his purpose on a person. You're agreeing with God's beating heart and shed blood that that person will stand up into and meet all that he has called them for. Yeah, Failing in nothing. There's power in that. There's power in that. Yeah, And so, in a sense, to invoke, to bless is to invoke God's name, to place God's name. The essence of blessing is the very presence of God. That's why I say blessing comes first before repentance, because it is God blessing the earth, right, in, in, in Isaiah. Yeah? His name shall be called Emmanuel, right? God with us. This is whereby God blessed the earth. He's from before time, before this whole thing began, God knew that there would be brokenness. And in some mysterious way, it was part of God's plan. The brokenness was necessary in order for greater wholeness to be the consequence. It's something we can't stand into and fully understand because he is God and we're not. His ways are higher than our ways. But I guarantee you, the fall was not a surprise to our God. Yeah. Adam and Eve's sin was not a, a, an earth-shattering, God-wrenching moment for heaven. There was something in it, something far deeper than just action and reaction. God knew, God saw, God planned, God redeemed even before things transpired. And so God's blessing was already in the works. Emmanuel, God with us, God sending himself in the form of Jesus to humanity. This is God's blessing. 
And so the blessing that we're talking about here involves um, essentially the presence of God. That's the blessing. When God blesses us, what is the essence of that blessing? It's his presence. Yeah? Don't we say, you know, I I know I, I was raised in Lutheran church and there was a liturgy. And at some point every Sunday morning it was, you know, peace be with you and also with you. The Lord be with you and also with you, right? We use that language. We had zero clue pretty much about what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the theology is good. The biblical foundation is good, but there was so often it was lacking an understanding that would release power and anointing. When we blessed one another, what do we say? The Lord be with you, because that's the essence of blessing. That's the essence of it. Yeah. And so, God blesses us, right? In, f- in fact, in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 7, it, uh, and I'll paraphrase here for time's sake, but it says something to the effect of it's obvious that uh, the greater blesses the lesser, right? So in that conversation in, in Matthew or in Hebrews 7, he's talking about Melchizedek blessing Abraham and, and setting Melchizedek up as an, a, a, a reference to Yeshua, to Jesus, Yeah. So the greater blesses the lesser. How is it, though, that we can then bless? We come on a Sunday morning and we bless God all the time. You know, what's going on there? Again, it's the kingdom economy. God blesses us with his presence. He then, um, we are reborn and we are re-identified as sons and daughters of heaven and we are given authority. We are given authority that empowers us not only to bless one another, but to bless God in return. From him, through him, to him. Yeah. The idea of blessing is not tokenism. Yeah. Nor is it something out of our grasp. We can bless God, and we do on a daily basis, and it delights him. And it doesn't suggest somehow that, well, the greater blesses the lesser. Not at all. But the greater has empowered the lesser and brought us up and invited us to respond and reflect his own heart for us. And so we do, and we bless this gracious God who's called us into this amazing economy, this amazing cycle, this amazing possibility of being reborn and to discover an identity that empowers us to bless the God of all things. One of the reasons we do that is because the majority of humanity, even still today, refuse to do so. So we stand in the gap on their behalf, and we bless in Jesus' name. We bless the Lord who made us and set all these things in motion. But we, we don't stop there. We bless one another. And I want you to grasp again the authority and power that you have. Husbands, bless your wives. Wives, bless your husbands. We're not talking about here, again, uh, greatness and priority that the husband must therefore bless the wife and the wife blesses the children. We're not talking about that. We're talking about authority. A husband will bless his wife on the basis and authority given him in the covenant that they made when they were married. And, and the wife will respond in the same way. And children will bless their parents based upon the relationship they enjoy with parents. And so children can bless parents, oh, God, give mom and dad wisdom. Don't you wish our, our children would pray that more often? Give mom and dad peace and wisdom and bless their finances. And, and oh, Lord, yeah, please, God, give me children who will bless the parents. 
We bless our employers and our employees out of the authority that is based upon the relationship that we have been contracted with. Are you following that? We bless our governments out of the contract of the civil society that we enjoy with the government that is over us. And so our job is not to curse, but to bless. And what are we, particularly as children of God, sons and daughters of heaven, what are we doing when we bless? We are invoking the name of God. We are placing God's purpose and identity and pleasure upon a person. We are agreeing with heaven that they should walk in his ways and that they should enjoy his benefits and blessings, that they should enjoy his wisdom and righteousness and walk out of that. That's profound. And when you speak it out, there's power. Jesus says, there's, the scripture says in Proverbs, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. And Jesus said, it's not, it's not that which is, uh, you know, it put, is put into a man, but that which comes out of a man that defiles him. Now he says that in Matthew 15, but it goes therefore without saying that for blessing and power and authority too, it's not that which we put in, it's that which comes out of us. And so if your words are equally powerful for, for defilement, so they would be equally powerful for blessing and, and creativity and release and victory. So have a care and take a mind to the idea of blessing purposefully one another. Yeah. Understanding that it's not just fingers crossed, nice thoughts. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it doesn't matter who you are these days. In fact, it, even this is getting criticism. You know, disasters happen in the earth and the politician will stand up and say our, our, our thoughts and prayers. Or with, you know, and fr- granted, what else are you going to say in a, in a 10 second soundbite that has some sort of connection or meaning or sensitivity? But not you and I. When we bless, it's not tokenism. It's not religious, you know, Christianese. It is powerful. Powerful. And I want you guys to grasp that again. You know, um, the, the pillars of our faith, Passover, Shavuot, and Tabernacles, the three feasts of the Lord, which you are very familiar with. Passover, the, the, the blood covenant about which Mark was reminding us. It's the blood of Jesus. That's where it begins and ends right there. Right? That's the power. Begins with the blood covenant at Passover. Shavuot speaks of not only the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, but more profoundly, the ways of God, his name, his character. Yeah, the laws of God speak of who he is. Beautiful beyond description. Yeah. So the blood covenant that empowers us to stand into the presence of the one whose character is now revealed to us at Shavuot or Pentecost, followed by ultimately tabernacles. And the lesson of tabernacles has always been God tabernacling among us, God dwelling among men, the blessing of God's presence, invoking God's not only his name, but his presence upon us. And ultimately, redemptive history ends when God doesn't come again for a visit and a revival, but when God comes to abide, when God comes to live and remain. And he's, that is on our doorstep. That is on our near future. That is on our horizon. When God shows up and he says, I'm, I'm staying. Yeah. This is my house. This is my throne. This is my kingdom. These are my people. Yeah. Never to be shaken or taken away ever, ever again or put to shame.
And Israel has always been our, our model, our, our look to, and God's promises to Israel have been faithful and full and beautiful and amazing. And so if God is faithful to our elder brother Israel, the first chosen people, we know he will remain also faithful in his word to you and I. And the promises he's made to Israel to love them with an everlasting love, never to leave them nor forsake them, those promises accrue also to you and I as we have. Because Dave, no, uh, who, 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 who read from Ephesians? There was a lot of good stuff going on. Was that Paul? Josh, you read from Ephesians? No, who? No, it was, it was Paul. Paul, you read from Ephesians. That chapter 2 speaks of us coming into the house that is Israel. Without any exception, without any second-class citizen, citizenship applied to us, we are equal members of the house through the blood of Jesus. Yeah. This blessing is profound. It is something I will return to again and again and have done over the years to remind us how great is our salvation, how far we have fallen, how great God is, how amazing heaven is, how good he is, how great is our, the blessing of our salvation. Tell you what, and it, it, you really almost need to stand up here and try and articulate this to get your engine running again, because you know it's 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 actually it, it's a thread that was running through all the words that were shared this morning, and it was a, and even the worship that God by His Spirit would shake and wake us and remind us of how amazing this redemptive adventure truly is. And how blessed are we? Thank you, Jesus. And so with that understanding again this morning, shake off lethargies, shake off heaviness, shake off depression, shake off uncertainty, shake off fear, shake off downcast eyes, shake off weakness, shake off uh, anything that says you are sidelined or have been in some sense demoted. You are children of the living God. He has blessed you with his personality, his presence, his delight, his ownership. His name is written upon you, and he has commissioned you to go in the same way that Owen said, and that Stu so often uh, uh, reminds us, to go beyond the walls of the building, beyond the walls of your house, and be an influence for the kingdom with great expectation, because it does not depend upon your ability to articulate. Carlo is always encouraging us to get out. It depends upon your su surrender to simply go and be. If you're uncertain about quoting the scriptures or being able to articulate the gospel of the kingdom, well, have done with that right now, because that's an enemy strategy to keep you to keep you from moving out at all. You are blessed. You are blessed. And that blessing is the very presence of God. Yeah? Come on. Certain people have a position before God with authority to bless those in their lives. We bless one another. Some of you are fatherless. Pastors have a special place to be able to bless the fatherless as well. We bless one another. Oh, let that be, let that be, oh, the, the rhythm of our lives. Yeah, to be a people who, who bless, not just with sweet language, but with understanding, with insight.
Maybe you weren't blessed as a child. Maybe you have not been blessed as a spouse, but it begins now with you. Where it has not been true for you, let it be true of you. And trust the Lord sees your heart and your needs and your situation and will take them himself personally upon himself to deal with. But you be an agent of the kingdom, an agent for blessing. Bless. And Liz isn't even here this morning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. Just a second, man. Just a second. Psalm 67, bless us, Lord, that the world may know, right? That reminds us that the success of the gospel is contingent on our walking in blessing, right? Too often in history, you know, Christians have gone around browbeaten and weighed down and full of rubbish and religion, and we go out and try and sell that to society. Seriously, and we say, join us, you know. And they go, ah, thanks anyway. I got my own problems. I don't need yours. You know, we got to do better. God bless us. God bless us. And so in the blessing, in all humility, while things are still uncertain and unresolved and, and we have no clue and we don't have answers yet, still we stand up into that place and we straighten our posture and we lift our heads and we raise our gaze and we say, I am blessed of heaven. Thank you, God. And it's his spirit at work within me, Christ in you. That was what you were after, Josh, right? was Christ in us, Galatians 2.20, the hope of glory. So in that, we go out, and we trust that by his spirit, we will influence lives, set men and women free. Hallelujah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's Galatians 6.7. It's so, the law of sowing and reaping. If you will, if you are blessed, you will therefore bless. And in the blessing, you will indeed be blessed for you have been blessed to be a blessing. There's a beautiful kingdom economy. Yeah. Let the presence of God remain with you all. I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to end with this, guys. You know, we started with, with blessing. I want to end with blessing, you know, and especially that I'm wondering if Jesus breathed out the ironic blessing as he ascended into heaven. I wonder in John 10 when he invites, you know, all the children to be brought to him so that, and not restrained and he blesses them. I wonder if he's blessing them also with the ironic blessing or some form of placing God's name upon their lives and God's name, his most holy name, not just his character qualities, but his holy name as best we understand it, is Yahweh, which is a breathing out, isn't it? There's no, there's no hard consonants in God's name. It comes out as Yahweh, as though you're breathing. And the, if God, God's presence is his blessing, it is conferred through breath. We read in, in, in John's gospel that at one point, Jesus breathed on his disciples. And the Holy Spirit was, it came to empower them, as it were, before even Pentecost uh, had arrived. So the breath of God is a blessing upon our lives. And as you breathe out intentionally, full of faith, blessing upon your spouse, your children, your employing, your employment situation, your circumstance, be aware of what you're bringing. We, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in you empowers you to be able to not just pantomime blessing, but to be a purveyor of blessing.
as you bring the name of God to the world and the people around you. So, Father, we, we look to you for blessing. We receive again from you the fullness of your pleasure in our lives that the world may know that you are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you.